You want to make mom smile this Mother's Day? You can start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brands she loves delivered the very same day with DoorDash. Wow, that's a great idea. Moms are such a gift to us and we should treat them the same way with gifts, especially on Mother's Day. I didn't know DoorDash was doing that. That's exceptional. If your mom has a sweet tooth or if she's a tech enthusiast, beauty connoisseur, if she's outdoorsy, no matter what she's into, you can make her smile with a fruit or flower bouquet, makeup, tech gear, workout wear, and more, all deliverable through DoorDash. Get all your Mother's Day gifts all in one place and get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 or more on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with code THEO. That's T-H-E-O. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Are you touching yourself? Well, shut it down and act right. It's time for the dang episode. Right there, that's Stevie Starlight, Stevie Starlight, and uh, and that's hit his hit song "Come Over." And that music video is located on uh, the YouTube's. You can get on there and get you a free hit of Stevie Starlight whenever you want. And he came in here a while back and did a music review with us, and man, it was really enjoyable. It was really, you know, he's a special. He's a special. He's just something that, you know, sometimes the, 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 the Lord just takes a syringe and just injects something, something unique into the universe. And that is Stevie Starlight. And that, uh, that is who he is. And that is his song, uh, Come Over. He has a new album out too, I think, somewhere out there. So you can go peep it. Um, back, it's me. It's me back in studio. It's, uh, or not, it's me, but it's interesting to be back in 
my own studio, our studio, because Chris D'Elia was here. Fucking Critter Delano was here. Fucking Crispy Damayani was here. Okay? And who knows what he did? He, he Look, I remember when I came back in after he'd been in here, it smelled like a, um, you know, sometimes you'll see that fancy store to have an airport, Johnston and Murphy's. And a lot of people don't know the history of Johnston and Murphy's. And Johnston and Murphy's were two men that, I mean, they had wives, but they wasn't thinking about them, let's say that. And they would, you know, they were constantly trying to just dress better than each other and, you know, tie their shoes faster. You know, I think it was uh, a, a, a man, I think I could look it up, Benjamin Johnson and Dustin Murphy and Benny and Dusty. And they would, you know, they were always trying to have pants that could fit as good as they could and just, oh, just, oh, button my shirt as fast as I can. And they would just, you know, everything was just perfect and they just looked all just per so perfect and they kept like trying to outdo each other. One of them would put on a bow tie and one of them would put on a little, you know, a little, uh, a tight, small scarf, you know, and just so tight he could only whisper. His, his throat wasn't fully open. And then one of them would wear real tight socks and just so tight that his legs would look a little plumper because of the blood and the, the extra foot meat would kind of coagulate upward. It would boil upward and stretch upward, you know, stress upward into his legs because of the tight socks. And that was Johnston and Murphy. And finally they just fell in love with each other. And that's really, if you notice that store, if you go in there, nobody's in there. It's at the airport. And it smells fancy. It smells leathery. It smells like somebody just took a damn cow and just beat the walls with it. I mean, it just smells all leathery. They might even have a little bit of leather uh, dust and they're sprinkling it around. It might be fake. That fake leather, you know. Sometimes you'll see somebody with a little, I bet if you go in there around opening time, 6 a.m. or whenever, whenever Benny and Dusty allow their little store to be open, you'll see somebody with a little can of fucking leather dust, sprinkling that shit and hiding it under the different, the mediums and, and you know, putting a little in the bottom of the sock just to get that smell in there. But if you go in there, it's fancy. And that's exactly what it smelled like when I got back here from, uh, from, uh, crust, uh, what is his name? Crust de crust de ipshit, crust de ipshit. When uh, when I got back from um, when crust de ipshit took over the podcast, it smelled fancy. It smelled like that Johnson and Murphy's. So, and that story is kind of a beautiful story. It's kind of like the Romeo and Juliet of the fashion industry. Because here you had two men. They had wives and they had lawnmowers. You know, and one of them had one of them gas powered blenders that he would you know. He'd use it at, you know, down in Fort Lauderdale Beach or down in Destin to get the damn to make a margarita. You know, he had a he had a he had an '85 uh, outboard motor on a damn blender, and he mixed a margarita. God, now you can make a margarita so fast, bro, you could lose your arm. That's how quick that blade was going. You could lose your damn arm. You could lose somebody else's arm. That's how how much. The blade would spin. But uh, but that's, 
you know, that's the smell that was in here. It was a fancier smell, a smell I'm not used to. And that is the type of smell you get when you have uh, Crisp D'Antoni in here. And Crisp D'Antoni is a, uh, a male comedian. You know who he is. And he knows who he is. He's a phenomenal young fellow, Christopher. And he, he, he uh, Christopher, I'm not sure how he says it, but he was in here and we switched. And happy uh, belated April Fool's because, dude, I uh, I forgot we did it. And I knew, but I was like, what is this going to be like? And when I saw him in the studio, when I saw Chris in this studio, it, it blew my mind. I was like, what? It felt like I've never lost my virginity um, with a vagina, like in my vagina, because I don't have a vagina. But I imagine a little bit that that was kind of what it was like, you know. Because there was nothing happening, and suddenly it was just overwhelmingly happening. And there was this tall, sort of bearded, you know, kind of vestibule of a man. And he was like a three- or four-story man. He was so tall, and he had like, you know, his voice was deeper, and he had like a long, stringy hair. And he just reminded me of just, God damn, he reminded me of just everybody all wrapped in one from the second season of Lost. And uh, and he, next thing I know, he was there. And he was just invading my little space. And then it was gone. And it was over. So anyway, that's that got kind of homoerotic all of a sudden. But what I'm saying is, I love tits. Um, but yeah, I'm sure, I, I can only imagine how, how I wish, I wish I could have said, hey, let's see some reaction videos from people on YouTube, just the surprise of, uh, of, uh, of Driss, Drissman, what's his name? Drissman Cornelia being in here. But it was fun, man. It was hard, honestly. It was hard being on his podcast. I didn't, I, there's nothing to do there. You go to his house, and let me tell you, his house, bro, it's crazy. They have a drawbridge. At Chris's, at Chris's house, they have a drawbridge. And it has people, dude, it comes down, and then there's people drawing on it. It has puns built into it. There was two guys drawing, like, what are y'all drawing? They're like, whatever he wants. Whatever he wants today. And, you know, and then you go up there and, 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 uh, and you get up there and there's an old man standing there at the top of this hill. And he's like, do you know the password, son? And I was like, fuck you, dude. It was actually just a homeless guy. It had nothing to do with Chris's place. Uh, but you get over to his place, man, it's nice. They got so many stairs. Oh, I thought I was a damn chi- uh, Mak- uh, Maku Piku. You know, I thought I was at Maku Damn Piku. Or a fake Maku Piku. Remember, um, you know, a lot of cruises, if you go down to Mexico, or uh, yeah, if you go down to Mexico, a lot of cruises go down to somewhere where Maku Piku is. But some... One, a few years ago, built a fake Maku Piku, and they were taking people to it, just real idiots. And they'd put them on this boat, this vessel, and get them over there. So you had all these people on this fake-ass Maku Piku. You know, meanwhile, off the side, you got a couple bags of Quick Creek, because they just built the shit. 
Uh, and they're telling these people that it's an ancient burial grounds and it's an ancient pyramid. And it wasn't. And they busted those people. But thousands of people fell for it. Spent a lot of money to go there and see a fake Machu Picchu. So just different times, man. But yeah, I haven't talked to you guys since I came back from... Uh, well, this weekend I was in... I don't even know where I was last weekend. Was it San Jose? Maybe it was. San Jose was was a wonderful. That was a blast this weekend. Oh, last week it was Tempe. It was Phoenix. And it was cool, man. My mother came out. And it was the first time that she'd seen me uh, perform in five years. And it was cool, man. You know... Uh, her husband passed away recently, about a, uh, about three weeks ago. And, you know, it's interesting because I never had a relationship with him, Mr. Charlie, that was, his, that was his name. And I never had a relationship with that man, really. You know, I was a kid when he came around, and I was real rebellious anyway in my mind and in my heart. And I never, you know, he would take us over there to the Holiday Inn, get us a little breakfast, get us a little, they had us you know, a stack of waffle, French toast, different items. And they put that whipped cream on it. And I mean, that whipped cream was, sh that, that shit had been whipped, dude. Dude, you, in Louisiana, they got some real whipped cream over there. At that Holiday Inn buffet over there off Highway 190, they got the real deal whipped cream. I mean, that cream has been beaten, bruh. Dude, my shit had a boxing glove in it. I remember the whipped cream that came on them hot cake. I'm like, damn, what is this? It shit was autographed by uh by Buster Douglas. You know that that cream had been whipped, dude. I was eating, and next thing you know, a couple a couple brothers came out and just beat the fuck out of the, uh, out of the cream again. I was like, God damn, man, I'm trying to eat, gentlemen. They said, Sorry, bud, man, we just man, we fucking this cream up. Dude, that cream had been, I mean, this, so I remember that, about that Holiday Inn, Mr. Charlie would take us over there and take my mother out on Sunday and he would take us to a brunch. And if we'd been well behaved and if he, if he had a little bit extra money, he would get, you know, he'd let us tag along. And we'd sit there and, and, uh, and then it, and he would get us that whipped cream on the, on the hotcakes and they put the, I mean, that shit had been whipped. One time, some of it, you know, kind of snuck over to me, some of the cream, and was like, hey, man, they, you know, they beating us at the house. Man, I need some help. I need some help. One time, one, some of the whipped cream was like, hey, hey, take this note, man. Get, give this to somebody who, who cares. And I opened the note up. I was like, help us. Sign cream. I was like, damn, man, they fucking beating this cream around here. Shit ain't safe out in these cream streets, boy. There's some scary dairy. They got these scary dairy actles around here. Uh, but Mr. Charlie passed away, man, you know, and I know my mom was kind of, you know, it kind of broke her heart a little bit. And, um, and, you know, at first I didn't really think about it. I just, you know, uh, because he didn't really mean anything to me. But it took me an extra beat to kind of think about, well, what did this man mean to her, you know? And I've had, I remember a guy called a while, a year, a year and a half ago, he called in. He was talking about, you know, or he emailed me and he said, hey, man, you know, I have to, my mom's getting married this weekend to a man. 
and I don't like him. And and I and I remember thinking, well, but does your mom like him? You know, because it, it and and and, it, and, I, and I'm glad I had that moment with that guy that emailed because it I needed I used that moment the other day when I was like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like I, I didn't have a relationship with this man, Mister Charlie, but he, uh, but he, you know, my mother cared about him, and so then, you know, I have the choice to just care that she cares, and I don't know. It was just interesting, man. It was just kind of like a lot of feelings, and I tried to be, you know, supportive and. um and, you know, I have a special story in my act now, you know, that I do. And, uh, and you know, I, I got to tell my mom that I, I tell the story because, you know, it gets to keep, it keeps Mr. Charlie alive and her, and her in the world. It keeps him alive. You know, and that's one of the things about stories is, you know, we... Man, so many of these stories nowadays, they're not, there's no real, there's no... Nobody's giving you a story. Nobody's given us a story. Nobody's given us a story used to be something where you pass something down from somewhere to somewhere else. Here's the story. Here's the story. Knock, knock, who's there? The story. Hey, listen. Hey, hey, did you hear? It used, That's how a story was. It was something. It was an L. It was a piece that needed to go on. It, something needed to stay alive. And now they got a lot of jackass storytellers out here. They don't have they don't have a story, you know. And that's the that's one of the things I have, you know. I get a, I get a chip on my shoulder with this industry out here. They don't have a fucking story. None of these cats got a story out here. Like, oh, well, what's your story? Your daddy had everything, and you got everything, and that you never had to think about anything or deal with anything. You went to some fancy fancy school. Where's your, you don't even know anything. Oh, uh, so, so you guys are gonna be you guys are gonna produce a story. You're gonna write a story. Smoke a donk. Okay, come on. Anyway, I don't mean to get angry. I just, you know, I don't know. But it was nice to see my mother, man, and it was nice to make her laugh. You know, when you know one thing I, that I did have, I had a, I had some moments where it was like, you know, I. My mom is just, you know, she's tired, man. She's been through a lot. And a lot of people's moms have, you know, and we give our, and sometimes I do anyway over the years, I give, I give my mom kind of a tough time, you know. I mean, there's two places inside of me. It's like, uh, hold on, bro. I got, I'm on that Mucinex right now. Then I'm on about damn 60 grams, bro. You know what I'm saying? I clear my throat and fucking remember a, remember a question from a math test in fourth grade, dude. That's how. This shit is strong. It's unlocking me. That mucinex. Uh, but it, you know this, and this time it was just all I could do. This time was just my mother. I didn't, you know, I didn't talk anything about our things we thought about our relationship. I just tried to be loving. That was it. You know, I tried to be loving. I gave my mom some extra hugs, and you know, and I've never really felt that great hug in my mother. We've never been a good hug team. Like if there was a team of huggers, which how is hugging not a sport? Dude, this is what I would like to do. We should start a group that goes around at night, right? You're all in hoodies. We roll up on some people like 2.30 a.m. in a scary city like New Orleans or Chicago. And we fucking just roll up and hug the fuck out of somebody. They'd be like, what the fuck happened? I feel so good. 
Just fucking nine people just hug, man. You got fucking hugged, boy. You better get... Don't make me fucking hug you again. Just hugging the fuck out of somebody. That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? That'd be wild. Uh, but yeah, I just tried to be loving to my mother, man, and it was nice. And my brother came as out as well because he wanted to be supportive of him uh, because mom had lost her husband. And... um. Yeah, I don't know what I feel about it. I guess I don't know. I, I'm not trying to get all into my own thoughts and feelings here, but uh, you know what? It was nice, man. Is I got to take my mom to eat eat a couple times, and I and she didn't have to worry. You know, there's something I think in your head somewhere. You always worry a little bit, even if we don't do it on purpose. Even if it's not at the front of our head, it's, there's always a worry in the back of our head. You know, if our mother is okay, I think a young man thinks that. Um, so for me, maybe, maybe not, but for me, it was a very nice time to just, you know, to just to see my mom being okay and to know that she was okay. And, um, and she had a nice time and, um, and what else? Yeah. She showed up in the van and that, you know, she got that 16 passenger van with no side or rear windows and she showed up and, and we had fun, man. We had a good time. And so. And, and yeah, it was just a time to just be loving and just, you know, sometimes it's just, you just go onward, right? We just go onward. It wasn't about me. And man, that was fun over there in Phoenix, dude. So many people came out and I want to apologize. Some of those shows, I was shook. I mean, my nerves were just rattled out. My nerves were rattled out. And uh, I mean, just like the lungs on a damn fucking scarecrow in a uh in a wind tunnel i mean you my my i was rattled so those shows i didn't feel like they were some of my best uh, but this weekend i you know it was we had i was over in kansas city i know i'm all over the place today guys my brain's a little all over the place i got i got home this morning around 11 and then i took a nap um and then here i am but i'm grateful to be here i'm grateful to be here i don't want you to think that uh, just a lot to catch up on. And it's different when a man has been in your body like this. You know, Chris, uh, Christopher Dawson, he came in here into my body. Man, he, this is our body. And he was in here climbing up and down our rib cage, you know, and fucking whistling at our, uh, he was doing cat calls at our liver, you know. And that's, it, that's the kind of guy he is. And that's the kind of guy uh, Christopher Dahlius is. He'll he'll he's the kind of dude he'll put his head he'll, he'll put his he'll put he'll stick his head in your ass and fucking cat call your liver. <laughs> you know he's that kind of that fella like that, and he's always all wearing fancy shit like Johnston and Murphy's at airport. Uh, you know that airport uh, haberdashery. And so that's who he is. But I was it was amazing to see that he was here and that I was there and. Uh, and it was interesting, dude, in his place, when you walk around and his, his, his home is, it's like a castle and he, he, dude, you could hear dragons somewhere. He had a dragon. I was like, Oh, I think somebody left their car running and, uh, and they had like a, I don't want to say a slave, but they had some dude in chains and he's like, Oh no, that that's the dragon, man. They got a dragon down there, brother. I was like, Oh, okay. Are you okay? And then he he passed me a note. He said, uh, uh, they whipping us. Cream. He said, signed by Cream. I was like, damn, what is going on? 
It's a Black Mirror episode. And that's not a racial slur. Black, Black Mirror is not a racial slur. So get your minds out of the racism gutter. What else is going on? Oh, somebody made this. If you Look, if you're on the YouTube, you can see this. A man made this out of wood. I'm going to hold it up close to the... Uh, it's me giving like a peace sign. It's not me. I mean, it's a, it's a bust. It's a wooden bust of me. And man, it was really nice of you to do that. You know, it was really, really nice of you. Uh, thank you very much. And that man's name is Sean Williams. And he has uh, KC. No, that's his email. But Sean Williams, illustrator, writer, fabricator. Out of Kansas City, you can look him up, S-E-A-N-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. And he sent me this little note. It said, Theo, your open vulnerability is really inspiring. Thanks for being you and doing what you do. Gang, gang, Sean. And it's just a really nice piece. And uh, they had an Italian restaurant, uh, Carlazzo's, um, in Kansas City. They came out and brought us some snacks. Um, Italian food. Oh, Garazzo's. They brought us some food over there. So that was nice of them. Thank you very much. And, oh, we went and got barbecue. So Kansas, apparently a thing in Kansas City, people want you to have meat in you. And whether they, you know, whether it's a tender gentleman kind of trying to slip you up that freaking shank steak or that fucking, you know, he's trying to give you that 19th rib in that back jaw or whether it's, you know, them just sending you to a spot to get a slab of meat that's all anybody asks you there have you had any barbecue hey what you doing barbecuing all they want you to do in kansas city is get some freaking meat in your mouth uh i went to the dentist uh or the doctor uh he's like open your mouth i was like ah and he put a fucking couple of uh burnt ends in it hit me with a damn fucking couple of damn triangles a tri-tip just freaking getting geometric up on my mouth with them geomet geometric. You feel me? He hit me with them triangles of meat. And that is Kansas City. They want you to have that barbecue. Dude, if they had their all the if they had a choice, their alphabet would be A, B, B, Q, D, E, F, G. That, that's all they care about, the BBQ. You know? They even introduced me to a uh, baby. Um they had a, I met a small Latino child there. And uh, his name was Bebecu. I'm like, what? That's not a name. They love barbecue there. I mean, it is. If, uh, they, if you fall asleep with your mouth open, somebody will put a fucking little, uh, you know, a little chicken quarter in there. They love barbecue. It, it, you know, you can do anything. You can, they do. They had barbecue suppositories at the gas station. You could pick up, you know, catch you about. 2,000 milligrams of fucking pork sausage in a pill and just pop that bastard in, dude. And still chew. That's how good the barbecue suppositories are. You put one in that BJ, bro, in that back jaw, and then you still chew. That's how tasteful the meat is there. And that's in the damn meat belt. Bro, if I was a cow... I'll be damned. That's why you don't see any cows or veals out there hitchhiking in Kansas City or in Missouri. Some people say Missouri. 
you know? But that's why you don't see any cows out there. Just Because they fucking them up, boy. Dude, they, bro, you'll see a dude with a baseball bat. He'll dip that bitch into some fucking A1 and just beat the fuck out of an animal, bro. They ain't playing over there. They love barbecue. Have you had some barbecue? Have you been to Slappies? Have you been to Arthur Bryant's? Have you been to Stacks? Have you been to uh uh Riblets? Everything. Have you had have you been to um you know spines? Like spines, that sounds uh who's uh who's the head chef? Uh you know? Uh Bruvis of Barber Eve guy? But yeah, that Kansas City that they want you to have the meat and they will not stop until you get it. Dude, they'll have a dude, he'll fucking load a gun, he'll load a fucking six-shooter with a couple of fucking cuts of ham and just just pop right off into your fucking mouth until you're full. Like, bah, 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 bah. Oh, that was great. It's a, dude, it's crazy dangerous. Dude, they had a drive-by shooting. Somebody fucking just, just, fill, just filled my refrigerator up with bologna from fucking from the street with a bologna gun, boy. With that bologna gun. Next thing you know, the meat and freezer is full of venison and bologna. But they want you to have that barbecue, that meat, that Mexican baby, you know. But man, it was great, man. A lot of just people who came out, let me think. They had um, a couple of jack chicks. Some girl tried to sell me a little bit of deck on some wind straw. Never seen that. But when all when the animals doing drugs, because animals do a lot of fucking steroids. And we don't see a lot of times at night animals are in the fucking gym. You'll see a cow in there just mm, mm, doing weights, you know, mm, doing cattlebells. Okay, that was too much. But these ladies, man, they uh who else came out? I mean, people, um, some twins. I saw some twins. I saw a young, I met a young man who was who was taking his daughter for a walk. Um, oh, we did a single mom's night, and we went go karting with uh, Francesca and her sister for single mom's night. And man, I'll say this: this was uh, I've gotten to go out with some fun groups, um, or or mothers and their friend, and this was a mother and her sister. And dude, they were hilarious. She had uh, Francesca had five children, and she had four. The fourth one ended up being twins, so she got that hitter. She got that bonus because sometimes one of your ovaries will stutter a little. Instead of getting one, you'll get two. two. You know what I mean? That was Quince. So you got to you know you got to be careful. Make sure your ovary get your get your ovary. Take your ovaries to a speech pathologist. And make sure that they're just flowing naturally uh, instead of stuttering. But do we have someone's phone? We went on the go karts and then they went out with their family and then they came to the late show. And, and I'm just, I'm excited to follow up with her this week, but that was fun. So I want to thank everybody that supports our Patreon. We're remodeling the Patreon right now and we're refocusing it mostly on, uh, on charity and trying to find a financial, uh, trying to find, um, I'm looking into how to start a nonprofit, so um, so that everything can be done kind of through there, putting a mission statement together. But thank you to everyone who supports Patreon because that's what uh, that's what we do. That's where we make. Uh, uh, that's where we, 
you know, fund and finance or or su- subsidize taking out uh, single moms and then following up with them and doing something special for them. Um, also, the single mother from Kansas City, we got a little froyo. Those ladies were wild, and that one is up on YouTube right now. Someone I met, someone called in, I guess, and told me to tell a story. Let me see if that's on this. Let me see. Uh, somebody said, hey, Theo, will you tell the story from when you were in, at the Looney Bin in Wichita? So I'll tell you this. So I went to the Looney Bin in Wichita, Kansas, and some people came out from there this weekend, and thank you. And at the Looney Bin, they had, I hadn't been there. And I didn't know that sometimes a comedy club, they'll put you in a little house or an apartment or comedy condo. Or sometimes they'll fucking one place put you in a van out there in Mishawaka, Indiana. They had you stay in a little van. And if you don't mind a van, then you don't mind it. But if you mind a van, then you're not really going to enjoy that style of, uh, of staying. But so they put me in this deal and, and, uh, fuck, what was I talking about, man? Dude, what's in my head? Brain ice? Sometimes my brain have ice or something. I don't know what it is. Like somebody trying to put antifreeze in my brain and dope it down like a fucking, like a dog that's being bad next door. Um, oh, okay. So, and, after the show, I met this gal, and she had that real booty booty. You know, she had that freaking, that skirt, skirt, as the brothers and the, you know, as the cool people say these days, you know, that skirt, or like, uh, who's that girl, Cardi B? She's always like, you know, grrr, and so this girl had that skirt, skirt, booty, you know. I mean, damn, she was built like a fucking bison. Like, dude, I wouldn't be surprised if you met her mother and her mother was eating hay somewhere, you know. Because this this bad little beady, this beady, this beady had some beast in her, you got me? She built like a damn bison, bruh. You know, she the kind of girl who she just built, that backside her was just built like a damn... I mean, if she shat in the yard, you'd be like, oh, whatever. That's how they do it. She had that real animal posterior. So anyway, she and I started hooking up out in a van, you know, because she had a van. Because she did um, cleaning. She did house cleaning. And for me, dude, some of y'all know, man, I can't. I get sexually nervous. You know, I get sexually nervous, dude. I can't fuck around certain stuff. I can't be sexual. You know, I can't be sexual around certain things. I can't get an erection around broken glass. Uh, I can't get an erection if the air conditioner's on. Um, I can't, uh, and if there's a lot of cleaning products. You know what I'm saying? If you got more than one thing of pine saw open within like about a 12 foot or 8 foot, probably 8 to 6 foot radius of me, you won't catch me doing sex. Boy, not even, not hard sex anyway. Maybe a real calm you know, kind of library sex. So, you know, she, you know, this this girl, gal had a van and we were outside of the comedy club in this van trying to get sexually engaged and she had a couple, you know, some things of cleansers because she worked as a, uh, as, a clean, uh, as a cleaning agent, a cleaner. And so she, she, I guess something had spilled or whatever. So I'm trying to, you know, be sexual and be fully ripe. You know, I'm trying to get ripe in my loin and, uh, 
and I can't do it because there's too much cleaning fumes in the air. Um, you know, I just can't do it. I just, you know, this shit, the fucking smell, the fumes of those, man, it's hard for even, I can't even do library sex because the, the, the wafts of that cleanser getting into my damn dewy, you know, diximal system. So I'm fucking, I'm limping out. So I said, hey, well, let's go into um, the place where I'm staying. They'd put me up in a comedy. Uh, they had a house in a neighborhood. The comedy club owned a house back behind it. So I, they had a key and stuff, and this is where the comedians stayed every week in this home. So I go in there. We go down the hall, and me and this gal try to engage somewhat. You know, and I, did we engage in sex? Who knows, man? Nobody has left more women in America unsatisfied than ya boy. You know, so I'm that fucking, I'm that hitchhiker that you pick up and he don't even talk. You know what I'm saying? That's the scariest one. Sometimes you get that hitchhiker and he, all he does is rattle off and he's just hammering away with those words. And sometimes you get that hitchhiker and he just barely say nothing. You know, he barely contributes. He's that shitty whisperer. And that's kind of how I am when it comes to sexual. You know, I definitely come in probably about 40, maybe 40 or 60th place. Out of not that many people, out of probably 30 people. So anyway, next thing I know, I hear an alarm going off, an alarm. And so I'm like, what the fuck? I open the room door and this is a house. This The, the room I'm standing in is in a house. And I thought the whole, whole house to myself, there's a woman standing there in a nightgown. She has an alarm clock that she plugged into the wall and has like set the alarm clock so it would go off right then. And now it's going off. She's standing there. And she's like, you can't have any guests here. And I mean, this is 2.30 in the morning. And I'm like, who are you? Are you like another comedian? She goes, no, I'm the manager. I'm the manager of the club or the assistant manager or whatever. You know, Dolores or I think Dolores something. She goes, I live here. I stay here. And one of the rules is you can't have any guests in the house. And I'm like, well, one of the rules should also be that you can't be uh, fucking Stephen King's side piece, boo-boo. Because you woke me up. And I say woke up even though I was having sex. But even though when I'm having sex, it's really very similar to, you know, being at rest to being asleep, boy. I got that dormir say in my dick. You feel me? That duerme. And um, and so I, yeah, I was like, well, what, you, you know. You could have just knocked on the door. You could have said something. You could have used, you know, your W's, your words. But this lady stood there with an alarm clock. I mean, stringy hair, wearing just a nightgown. I mean, like Stephen King's little, I mean, just like some, like just somebody that, you know, just sold dirty dishware, you know, uh, at Stephen King's old soda shop. She just, it was was just, I don't know, very alarming. So anyway, then I had to go back out into this van. So now me and this girl are out in this van, dude, and whatever. Anyway, I don't know why I told you guys all that, but that was the story in Wichita at the Looney Bin. When I got, I mean, I got woken up out of an, out of a sexual interaction and by a woman standing in in a, and this lady was probably 45, 50, standing in a hall. And I'd never been in this house before. Imagine you're in there, you're engaged, you know, you sensually engaged, you know, seeing if the Lord wants y'all, how well the Lord cares about the two of you. And then you open the, you hear an alarm clock outside of the bedroom door. 
and you open it and there is a woman standing there in a nightgown saying you can't have any guests. Jesus. So that's what happens. Uh, that's what happens. But that story is anticlimactic. But not as anticlimactic as uh, a lot of the sex I've been involved in. I'll tell you this, though. My boy. Uh, and it's interesting to call this guy a, a buddy. But we've kind of become buddies over the past year. And I'm proud of him. And I'm happy to know him. And I'm, I'm, I'm so excited that he's fighting out of Louisiana and out of Florida. Dustin Poirier. Fights for the interim lightweight 155-pound title this Saturday in Atlanta uh, at UFC 236. And I'm, I'm, damn, I'm nervous, man. I'm nervous for him. I'm nervous for everybody. Dude, I would be nervous to even go up there and lock the little gate, the gate. Lock the the gate on the cage, you know. But, man, it's going to be interesting. What else happened? Let's go to some calls. Here we go. This is Renee calling from Lansing, Kansas. Hey, Renee, thank you for calling. I uh, appreciate you uh, reaching out. Onward. Um, I just left your Saturday late show in Kansas City, and I met you after, and I was so fucking nervous. <laughs> um, but we ended up taking a picture, and you were so sweet about everybody coming up to you. Um, I just want to say you killed the show. It was awesome. Me and my friends had a blast. And, you know, that lady that disrupted the fucking show, I know you probably felt like, you know, everything was thrown off, but you got back into it. It was awesome. It didn't change a thing for us, at least. So it was great, and I appreciate everything that you do. Well, thank you. That's very sweet of you to say, and thank you for driving over from, uh, from um, was it Lansing? Let me hear again. Hey, calling from Lansing, Kansas. Lansing. Uh, Renee, thank you. That's nice of you to say. Yeah, you know, I have a problem that, well, yeah, that lady was drunk. That lady was drunk. I mean, she was just shook. She was shook like a dang, you know, just like a sick hooker in a tornado. Boy, she was shook down. And... And yeah, you know, I, I just, I have this thing. I want the show to be fun. I, I just want everybody able to be able to hear what's going on. And then I've been a little bit stressed out. And so I don't handle some of those situations well sometimes. And it was calm, you know, like I, you know, the lady yelled, yelled out. I couldn't remember what she yelled. And I tried to like embrace it. And then she did it a couple more times. And then they ended up just asking her to leave. Or I might have asked her to leave. I don't even remember. I mean, in those moments, I just want to get back to, because so many people are having fun. And I'm having fun. That I just want us to keep doing that. But uh, I think once I'm able to take relax a little bit and take a break a little, I think I'll be able to get into more of a comfortable space where I can handle those moments better. You know, I have this weird... Well, I don't have this weird... I have this thing where it's like I need everything... I want everything to go how I want it to go. Um, and that's a character defect. It's something that's wrong. You know, it's it's like, oh, I want everything to be perfect. I want everything to be perfect, you know? And what I need to realize is mo- everything's going to happen however it's going to happen. So I need to work on some of that a little bit more. But you being uh, saying that is very sweet of you uh, to let me know that everything still came off smoothly. Because, yeah, in my mind, then everything gets rattled and things aren't going super. But that wasn't the case. Uh, let's take another call here. The hotline, as always, is 985 
you know, in a lot of young men and, um, you know, a woman came out and told me that her husband just got 30 days of sobriety and that was on the stage and, uh, after one of the shows and man, that really hit me in the heart, you know, uh, and they, you know, people will say, Hey man, I'm grateful to you and thank you. And, um, and that's sweet of you to say, you know, I just, I don't, you know, these are you, you guys are doing any, you do, you are doing things to make yourself better. You know, and and I and I appreciate the the kind words, but um, but I I want to say congrats congrats to you, congrats to you for whatever little challenge it is in your life. You're trying to take back your willpower, take back your, you know, you're trying not to do this or trying to do this. It could be anything from sugar to sobriety to, um, you know, to not tune with your mouth open. I don't care what it is, but anytime you're trying to challenge yourself for self betterment. Good for you, because they got this world around us that don't. It doesn't want us to think about it. It doesn't want us. It wants us to just limp into the drain that it's created, and just become this gelatin that just slowly goes down the drain. But we want to make ourselves be of something, because there's cells, dude. There's cells inside of us that know each other that want to do something. And that want to do good when they are best serviced. Isn't that interesting? What, what, work, what makes us work is a series of cells, a teamwork. We have a team. We are built up of a team inside of us. Man, that's fascinating to me. It's fascinating to me that we, we are built, we are a team. At our smallest level, we are a team of molecules that has to work together. For life to occur. Um, I don't know why I went off on that. But I don't know what I'm talking about. But you can hit the hotline as always with. Uh, well I just want to say yeah. If you you know thank you guys. You know for anybody that says something to me. It says like thank you and I'm glad to be. I'm glad to be. I'm glad you, that we are part of each other's lives. You know I said this on stage this weekend. And I don't feel. I feel like what we have here is a cool group, man. We got a cool group. I swear it's crazy, bro. But I really feel like I feel like we can find some positive ways to do things in the world and we're going to do it. And I don't feel like I'm the cha- the spearhead of that group. I just feel like I'm one of the group members. And uh, and I'm just excited. And it's, but, but it's nice to see so many people come out, man. It's funny. Some people are nervous. Some young guy, you know, some guys are joking around. I feel bad that I'm not sometimes uh, this at the at the end of the show. Sometimes I'm just a little, I'm just a little rattled or I'm a little tired, and so it's hard for me to sometimes to fully engage in a in as meaningful a way. But I decided I think before uh, Australia, I'm gonna take a little vacation and uh, and do that and just get some rest and not do anything, you know, not do anything but um, but just try and find some, just think, just try and think about gratitude and just be grateful. Uh, cause I get to do, honestly, I get to do what I love right now. And I want to thank you guys, uh, for that. Uh, let's take another call. 985-664-9503. Here we go. All right. Before we get to that call, actually, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Capterra. We've all read some surprising reviews online, haven't we? Well, whether you're trying to get a sweet deal on something or you've been saving for or trying to find the best happy hour in town, 
it's generally a good idea to read the reviews first. So why should finding the right software for your business be any different? Read thousands of real software reviews and find the right software for your business at capterra.com slash Theo. That's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash Theo. Capterra is the leading free online resource to help you find the best software solution for your business. Now, I even notice this in my, in my businessy thoughts. It's like, man, sometimes I need to find a software that'll help me get from here, to, from point A to point B. Uh, and Capterra has that. They have access to all of them with over 750,000 reviews of products from real software users. Discover everything you need to make an informed decision. Search more than 700 specific categories of software, everything from project management to email marketing to yoga studio management software. No matter what kind of software your business needs, Capterra makes it easy to discover the right solution fast. Join the millions of people who use Capterra each month to find the right tools for their business. Visit capterra.com slash Theo, T-H-E-O, for free today to find the tools to make an informed software decision for your business. capterra.com slash T-H-E-O. Capterra, that's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash Theo. Software selection simplified. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bedelegance. And I'll show you right here. I got a half, you know, probably a half quart. I got 18.6 fluid ounces of this bad booty juice right here. And Bedelegance is a natural cleansing foam that brings you the luxury and elegance of a bidet with the convenience of toilet paper. Think about this. If you had to have a real bidet and carry it around with you everywhere, bidets are made out of cement or beautiful white cement sometimes. And Bedelegance is basically bidet in a can, much lighter to carry. You apply Bedelegance, moisturizing, cleansing foam to toilet paper and to wet, clean, and dry your private areas, both front and back. Get those front and back outer outer areas because sometimes you got to run a, you know, sometimes you do urine, sometimes you do a, you know, kind of a, you know, a strong urine out of the back. But Delegance, it's better than both dry toilet paper and wet wipes. It's cost-effective, anti-inflammatory, so your butt's going to be calm when you're done. It's soothing, keeps your hands dry, does not harm sewer systems, and it's eco-friendly. Marissa gave it five out of five stars. She's an Amazon review from an Amazon review from an actual TPW listener. She said, I purchased this product due to Theo Vaughn recommending this to me on his podcast. He said that if I couldn't afford a bidet, this would be the next bidest solution. And I can't afford a bidet. Well, I currently rent my residence and I don't think my landlord of the HOA would be happy with me installing one. Wow, wise lady here. Plus my bathroom is tiny and I would not have anywhere to put it. Unless I pulled the shower out maybe. Okay. Getting a little OCD here. But anyway, I am cleaner than ever. Thanks, Bedelegance and Theo. Well, you're welcome, Marissa. She gave it five out of five stars. Bedelegance is available right now on Amazon.com for 10% off and free shipping. Use promo code 10-T-H-E-O-V-O-N. That's the number 10, Theo Vaughn. No spaces. That's 10% off and free shipping using 10, Theo Vaughn. Uh, as your code when you go to Amazon.com. Bedelegance, get that bottom hitter. 
You know, what was I just thinking? I was thinking about something I wanted to share. You know, what I was thinking about the other day was our fingerprint. You know, sometimes we don't feel like individuals, maybe, or we don't feel like our life has, like, we're not. Sometimes, let me let me speak for myself. Sometimes I'll have times where I don't feel like I'm of value in the world. And I'm not get, getting into a, into a depression hole here. Uh, but I'm just saying, we all have we all have those moments. We feel like, oh, maybe we don't mean that much, or well, is there something? Is there something I'm part of? I, I ask myself, like, uh, you know, you start to get a little older, and you're like, well, what, what, what does life mean? Does it mean anything that I'm just, that I'm that I'm a, an individual person, or does it just mean that I'm just part of something, a group, that I'm a person, one of many? Do people mean anything? Do we as a group of humans, do we mean something? Do we, do we have a purpose here? Like, are we able to see our bigger purpose? Is there any value to me being an individual? And I started thinking about fingerprints. You know that even twins don't have the same fingerprint. That's fascinating, I think. And uh, and your eyes, the only other thing I think in the human body that is unique uh, to each person, each person in the history of time, that means no, there wasn't a person uh, 4,000 years ago that has the same retina. I was at the doctor the other day and the doctor said that, the eye man, and he said that. He said, you know, no one has the same retinas. I'm like, damn, well, you a fucking pervert, boy. You know, you out here peeping Tom and on people. On people's peepers, bro. You're looking right in the eyes and fucking looking for that individuality. But isn't that fascinating that that our fingertips, our, our fingerprints are unique. The, the, the exact things we touch the world with, that we interact with others with, no one else has the same exact ones. Now to me, that's, you know, I'm not a big religious, I'm not a big religious boy. You know, I believe that I want there to be something bigger than me, and I believe that there is something bigger than me out there. I know that there is. For me, you don't have to if you don't want to. That's you. I, it's, we, we all get to do it our own way. But the simple fact that there is purpose in me being me, there's purpose that in the way that I touch the world, and even in my retinas and in my fingertips, the two things you kind of use to really interact to really where you could really touch someone sometimes you can touch someone with your eyes you know and you and they can touch you someone sometimes people can give you a look and you feel touched or sometimes you can touch someone and your hands obviously you could touch someone that's primary touchers touching areas but to think that you have your own print everyone no one's ever going to have yours to me that's fat that is to me, that's in my own little world way that I interact with the world. That is, that is some that's some hardcore, you know, proof that there's value to us as individuals. And uh, sometimes when I feel like there isn't for me, that brings me because I can look at my fingers too. That's what's interesting. I can I can just look directly at my fingerprints and be like, wow, you know, I am important. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling here. I think I don't even know what I'm talking about, but I think this is just what you get. This sometimes these episodes are all different. Uh, 
You know, and I'm just, um, man, I can't believe that guy made this nice statue thing out of wood. What a neat thing. What a neat thing. They had a police officer brought me a badge this weekend from his work. Um, someone brought me a nice Kansas City hat. Some fella gave me his hat. Another woman gave me a nice KC baseball cap. Very sweet of her. People brought food. Some man brought some barbecue. And that's, you know, Missouri's a wonderful place, man. It's very, it's got, it's got, uh, it's got a lot going on. It's got a lot of history. It's got a lot of grit. You know, we went to see the, the childhood home of Jesse James and where he was buried. And uh, to, to a lot of people, it was an outlaw. Some people said he was a Robin Hood. He was like a Confederate sort of, uh, he was like a, con- like, you know, I think Missouri was neutral in the Civil War. And he kind of like, he didn't support one side directly, or the James gang didn't, but they kind of low-key would like fuck with the Confederate, uh, the Union soldiers. And they would start robbing banks and trains that were in business with the, um, or that were started by the Union soldiers. Or started by Union um, people from the North. Union bigwigs, fancy. And some people said that they were the Robin Hoods, that they did things that gave money away. And, and I don't know if that's true or not. So that, that is kind of disputed. You know, some uh, documentaries dispute things. But, you know, a documentary is just the way somebody wants you to see something so much. Sometimes it can be the way somebody wants you to see something so much that they make a perfect way for you to see it that way. Like, I don't always just believe documentaries. I mean, if it's something real factual, like, you know, there was a murder and this is what happened and this guy went to jail and this is that. But if it's something like, uh, you know, where it's like we don't really know you know, it's just a perception. Because um, there, you know, there's documentary type of stuff where it's like, oh, Jesse James was a Robin Hood. And then there's documentary type of stuff where Jesse James uh, was just uh, up to no good, just selfish boy. But, um, but, but each, someone can make a documentary to really infu- just infuse you either way. It just reminds me to keep my eyes open. I don't know what I'm fucking... uh, And I'm sorry, I'm getting kind of preachier today. Uh, Let's go on to another question. Here we go. 985-664-9503 is the the hotline number. And you can call there and leave a voicemail and um, be a part of this uh, hot club uh, podcast. Sorry, I got to take my my nasal spray real quick. And that's not cocaine. That's licensed nasal spray from a doctor. Let's go. Oh, hey, Theo. Hey, this is Don from Seattle. And uh, I just, uh, I've been listening to a lot of your podcasts recently. And uh, my son, he said, hey, Dad, what, what are you learning from those, from those podcasts? And I, and I thought about it. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think what I'm learning is uh, I appreciate your, your just your, your chill attitude. And, and you, you seem to take, take life as it comes. And, and uh, you know, you, you take people as they come. And uh, that sometimes is a problem with them. I'm kind of an uptight guy, and uh, just the other day I was helping my daughter. She's 16 with her with her algebra homework, and uh, sometimes it gets a little tense. I get frustrated, and she gets frustrated. But um, I don't know. I was just I was just kind of it was, it was right after I listened to your podcast. I just felt very relaxed, and I felt very uh, accepting and just patient. That's the main thing, patient. So um, yeah, I, I think I told my son. I think I'm learning patience. I think I'm learning how to be relaxed and. I'm not sure if it's your southern nature or you're just, uh, 
your your very accepting, chill attitude. But anyways, I just want to say thank you. Um, you're doing a good work. Uh, I think you're blessing people and, and uh, you know, the universe also. And uh, anyway, onward. Gang, gang. Gang, gang, brother. Oh, that's sweet, man. To think of a dad working with his with his with his daughter and doing her and doing the homework. Uh, thanks for the nice words, man. That's sweet of you. You know, I uh, I mean, I struggle. I think I struggle with everything, just like we all do. And and but I'm glad that there's moments where you find some uh, some comfort from from this podcast. And a lot of times it could be from people calling in. Um, you know, it was interesting when you were talking, it made me think of like, like a moment. There's sometimes I, I noticed in my life recently, there's moments for, uh, for vulnerability. And, you know, you're talking about like when you're with your daughter and you're helping her with the homework and you get frustrated and she gets frustrated. So then in that moment, and this, and this may not apply to your life, but if I'm in a moment where I'm frustrated at someone and they're right there and I know they're frustrated with me, and I know that I'm frustrating. I know that I am, I was built, they got a, you know, they put that, the frustration sauce on me when I was born. And so I'm out here dripping with frustration a little bit constantly. You know, um, and so in that moment where both of you are frustrated, sometimes if you can find a way to say, hey, are you frustrated with me? And they say, yeah, I am. And you can say, yeah, I'm frustrated. You know, I feel a little frustrated with you too. Uh, maybe we can really talk for a second about why, what, what do we think is making us frustrated with each other? You know, and sometimes I find that I get frustrated with people. Um, and if I'm honest, if I'm, then you have to be trying to be real honest. And it's hard sometimes. You have to really feel. You can't just talk. You have to just feel. Like, man, I'm frustrated because sometimes you don't, and the truth for me in a moment like that is I get frustrated with the other person because they don't do things the way that I want them to do them. And and then I can ask them, so why do what frustrates you? And it's like, and for them, it might be, well, you don't have the patience sometimes that I need. It makes me, I feel under pressure when I'm doing something with you because I don't feel like it's a safe area to learn, a safe moment to learn in because, you know, you're expecting me to know something at a, at a certain speed that I'm not able to. Um, and then once you guys can both kind of really share what your, you know, what what your real kind of fear is or what your anger is, then you can kind of, then you can kind of say, for me, I can say, hey, look, well, you know, I'm real sorry that I am, you know, that I behave in a way sometimes where, you know, I make you feel like you, like, I expect you to know things at my pace and not at yours. And I want to do a better job because I love you and because I care about you. Um, and, uh, and then they can say, you know, well, I really want to be here with you and learn and try and work together to learn something. Um, and I'm going to try to uh, to just let you know when I feel like you're not being patient in a more comfortable way. And man, then you can have some real powerful moments. And I'm not preaching at you. I'm not telling you to do that or anything. But I'm saying that I sometimes I'll find myself doing that. You know, uh, 
with my ex-girlfriend, when we get in a moment where I'd be frustrated, sometimes it'd be really hard to just be like, you know, I just, I would love it if you'd be real honest why you're frustrated with me. And, and then I can be real honest, uh, about why I'm frustrated with myself in the situation. Um, I don't know. I don't know what all that's about, man, but, but it, it's interesting sometimes in moments of frustration that there's real opportunity for some vulnerability and some, just the ability to, uh, to feel because I get otherwise I will run brother I'll run with this senseless just like these vultures that are like trying to get out of my throat or neck or skin that are just agitated and if I I, you know so I got to find a way to soothe these vultures and the real way to soothe them is to just tell tell someone that I care about that I have these vultures and that I wish I didn't and I want to try harder not to have them and uh anyway I don't know what I'm talking about man I fucking need some sleep probably but thank you for calling, man. And that's it's sweet of you to be a dad that helps out your her daughter, your daughter with her homework. And uh, and I bet that that's a moment that you're always going to love. You know, it's going to be a sweet moment. You know, because there's come times in kids' lives, I'm sure, where they don't want, they don't care what your direction or angle is. You know, and you don't have to help her; you get to help her. That's one thing I remind myself someday. You know, like I don't have to come do this podcast; I get to come do it. It's a gift, you know. Uh, it's a gift to be able to come and sell this freaking booty lotion to people that, and that's bedelicans. Uh, but thank you for calling, man. Let's take another call onward. Hey, Theo. It's uh, Carter from Oregon. What's up, Carter from Oregon? Onward. By the way, my sister's in love with you. She likes your arms. But- oh, your sister likes my arms? Thank you. I got pretty medium length, actually. I used to think I had long arms, and then I... Uh, a buddy of mine showed me his arms about, I guess, two years ago, three years ago, and oh, fuck, kind of fucked me up more. Let's the real on. question is, I'm looking for M names for puppies. Okay, I'm leaning on Maggie and May. Need some names. Hook it up with some suggestions. M names for puppies. Here's one: uh, Mississippi, and you could call the puppy Missy. Uh, Marxism. And that is a, I don't know what Marxism is, but um, Mark Set Go. That could be the puppy's name. Um, and then uh, every time you call the puppy, some people would start racing each other. Um, Martin, name if it's a kind of like a funny dog that's kind of like a, you know, maybe African-American and, it, and it's really, really humorous and, put, and, and is able to make television shows. You could call it Martin. You could call it a Moriarty. Call it Maury if it's a Jewish dog. You could call it a, a mixtape. Mixtape's kind of a kind of a cute name. Um, let me think. Mince meat. That's a crazy name for a dog. Oh, that's a little mince meat right there, and he got some cigarettes. M names for dogs. I think Maggie is cute. It's a popular name, but it's a safe name. I think uh, uh, Millie is good. Mabel, Maple, Marble, uh, Mobile, um, Moxie. You know, you want something where when you yell it, it doesn't sound like any kind of racial slurs either. So you got to be careful with that. Uh, Let's take one more call here. Here we go. And also, I got to tell you this, though. You know that, um, oh, I'll be coming up soon. I'm going to be in West Palm Beach at the end of this month, uh, uh, the 27th and 28th. I believe we may add some more shows there. Um, they're staying busy right now with those shows, but we 
We may add more. Um, I want to let you know that today's episode is also brought to you by, we got a pack of MeUndies right here. God, and I needed some, dude. Oh, I masturbated this weekend, I forgot to tell you. Man, I felt shame. Oh, and I broke my pornography thing. And I didn't even think I could on my phone, and I started thinking about, dang, just... I was feeling lonely. Started thinking about a little bit of b-hole, you know, and stuff like that. You know, that female BB. And uh, and then I just did it, dude. I just kept rubbing on my body until, you know, until until just something just came out of it. And I guess I feel kind of disappointed in myself, you know. I, I, uh, and then I did, that was on, I think, Thursday night. And I didn't do it on Friday. And then last night I couldn't go to sleep and I had to. And so then I, I, then I masturbated. But, but the big thing is I, I looked at the pornography. And we'll talk about it more next week. I'd love to know. I know there's some guys that came out this week that have been looking at pornography and they've taken a break from it. I'd love to know honestly, be very honest on the hotline, uh, how that's affected you and what's going on now with you uh, once you've had a sabbatical from pornography. And I'm going to get into that next week about some of the changes I've been noticing in myself since I had been c- ceased watching pornography. And I had probably about 107 days or something. So, man, and Twitter, you know, I don't want to talk about it. Right, I'll, I'll talk about it next week because we've already gone into a, I don't even know what we've talked about this this episode. <sighs> What else? Oh, I'm going to Aerosmith. I'm going to Aerosmith in Las Vegas this week. So I'm so excited about that on Thursday, Thursday night, and I'm taking producer Nick. So it's a gift uh, and a you know a team building up exercise uh, exercise from us, and we're gonna go there and watch some uh, Aerosmith. Dream on. And there goes my girlfriend. I love Aerosmith. And uh, and I'm going to stay in Las Vegas, and then I'm going to the Dustin Poirier fight in Atlanta. And I can't wait to see that, the diamond. Now, today's episode is also brought to you by Me Undies. Look, if you want to support the podcast, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can support through Patreon, but you can also support by getting Me Undies. It's easy. Go get a pair. If you never had a pair, get them. I love them. No joke, I wear them every day. They're in my underwear little drawer, and they look colorful when I get in there, and they're fun a little bit. It's one moment in my day where I get to put a little bit of fun on my body. And as a man, you know, it feels nice to just wrap something around your junk that's fucking, that feels good. You know, that's not your wife or another man. You probably spend about 90% of your life in underwear. I don't know if you know that. So don't think, don't you think you owe it to yourself to make sure you're wearing the softest undies in town? That's why I only wear me undies. Me undies are the softest underwear. My God. Here. Hear that? Oh my God, boy. What is that? Leprosy? This stuff is soft. Me undies use the coveted micromodal fabric, three times softer than cotton. They give you multiple style options for both men and women. And these are cool. They have mixtapes on them. These actually have cassette tapes. That's pretty cool for that 80s vibe. And these are those basic blues right there. Uh, they have different styles, different body type. They give you multiple styles for both men and women. And you can try the new boxer brief with that fly, which is the same great cut as boxer brief, but now with an added option for guys who prefer to go through the gate versus over the fence. If you're still going through the gate, bro, that is wild. I got to throw that freaking hose over the fence, dude. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners 
for any first-time purchasers, when you get any MeUndies, you get 15% off and free shipping. So when you, every time you get an individual pair, so go get some individual pairs, and you'll get 15% off each pair, and you get free shipping. Get 15% off the most comfortable undies you will ever put on. To get your 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash weekend, W-E-E-K-E-N-D. That's MeUndies.com slash weekend. Um, and thank you guys. And so you, Look, I will, I will never try to sell some of those podcasts that I don't believe in. People have sent ads for things that says, hey, will you sell? I don't know. Nah, I ain't selling that. I don't take every ad that comes through. Nah, I'm not selling that to people. I think that's junk. You know, that mystery game show thing. I finally played that where you pl- pay for it by mail. I think I'm a piece of shit. Um, the Casper Masterses, I thought them was a piece of shit, bro. Now, it took, I had to get one and try it, and that's how I felt. And also, these are just my perceptions. Other people's can be different. But if I know that something is not worth what they're charging, I'm not going to sell it. You know, you find somebody else to sell that, boy. I'm not going to sell that, dude. But um, but I want to thank everybody in Missouri that supported this weekend. I'm going to uh, get through this right here. And uh, and what else, man? I know today's episode was all over the place, but I do want to talk more about, you know, one thing that was nice was when my, when my brother and mother came out there to Phoenix. And... Uh, and and it was nice. We hadn't all been together since just the three of us, since we're probably maybe, since I was probably two years old or three years old. And and especially without mom, where mom didn't have to work and we didn't have to do anything. And I just chose to just let it be Nice. And so did so did so did my mother and so did my brother. None of us chose to dwell on anything or to bring it up. And sometimes you sometimes you sometimes it's good to bring stuff up, but this time it wasn't and and it was nice, man. It was nice. It was nice to sit there and listen to my brother talk to me and share information that he knows and things about the world because he's a little bit older than me and a little bit more experienced. And it was nice to see my mother just, you know, give my brother a hug. You know, and like, uh, and just have a moment with her son that she probably hadn't had in a long time. You know, it's nice to see my mother, you know, get to, you know, at the dinner table, she put both of, she put her hand on my brother's hand and on my hand at the same time. And it was nice, man. It's nice, that fingerprints, you know. It's nice to uh it's nice just to know that even though we had you know had both had all lived so much lives you know we'd all lived for 30 you know between 30 40 70 years that still inside of us there's the people can connect that human connection is, it's ageless. It's ageless. And isn't it fascinating to know that there is a, there's like a yarn or a thread between human beings 
that doesn't weather. It doesn't, I mean, it endures, it, it weathers, but it doesn't, it's always so quickly it can be taught, so quickly it can be tightened, so quickly it can be accessed. You know, there's something amazing about that. It's amazing how forgetful human touch is. You know, human touch doesn't remember all of the, a lot of the pain and the anger or the, the memories or the uncomfort. It just, you know, it just lets somebody know, hey, I'm here. You know, I'm here. You know, I'm here. You're here. It's amazing that you can just touch somebody and almost, uh, you can almost apologize with a touch, you know, or let somebody know, hey, every, you know, I don't know. It's just interesting. It's interesting the powers that go on in human touch, I guess. I got to learn more about it. Uh, Dr. Pearl Mutter came in here last week. And so I have, I agreed to, 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 uh, to do um, that man's diet. So I am going to do that. I want to begin, uh, I want to try. Will I succeed? I don't know. He kind of put me on it at the end real. And he was kind of, you know, you talk to these book guys and they're kind of smarty to me. Sometimes they get a little, they know a little too much for me. But maybe I'm just jealous because they know a lot. Or I'm envious, you know. Um, but he came in here, Dr. Perlmutter, and he's, you know, he knows about stomachs and brains. And he's going to help. Uh, you know, I want my brain and my life to be the best I can. And it's going to take more work for the way that I eat and the things I choose to eat. And I've been doing, all week I did good. I did the keto all week since I left, since I left uh, to go out of town. Or all last week, for a whole week. And then I fucking lost my mind at one moment and had three Haagen-Dazs ice cream bars. And the third one, couldn't even taste it. That's the, you ever get to that point where you're like, oh, I'm just still eating it, but I can't even taste it. Like you're on that on that sixteenth cookie, you're like, oh, I have no fucking clue what these taste like anymore. My body is my sugar and it's maxed out, but I'm still fucking doing it. <sighs> Whatever. You know what? I think maybe um maybe we've done enough. You know, I'm thankful uh that Chris D'Elia came in here. I'm thankful that we're back here in the studio. It's interesting. It was so crazy being at his place because it's a different energy. It's just different and you know, I'm, I'm grateful to our producer, Nick, and his producer, uh, Juan Heyer. And uh, and just, you know, we did something fun. We did something fun. And and, and, and so many cool messages came in from uh, from people supporting the podcast. Um, yep, again, support the podcast. Uh, MeUndies.com slash weekend is that code. Uh, Capterra.com slash Theo for your business software solutions. Um, I'll be coming up. I'll be at the Palm Beach, West Palm Beach Improv, April 26th and 27th. Very excited about that. It looks like we're going to be able to interview Riff Raff, who is a um, kind of an estranged human performer, one of a kind. Uh, be able to interview him. Who else is coming up on the podcast soon? Jim Gaffigan is going to be coming in studio. Um, big baby Glenn Davis is supposed to be coming in studio. Uh we have a, a lot of neat people, and I'm so excited to go to my first UFC fight this week. 
and see Aerosmith. It's going to be crazy. Sorry to brag, but I never go do anything like that. Uh, thank you to everybody in Kansas City that came out. Thank you for uh, your love and your support. Um, and it's never too late. It's never too late. We got to remember that. You know, it's never late too late to uh, to have a new experience. I guess. You know, but yeah, fingerprints, man, they're fascinating, aren't they? Isn't that fascinating? No one else has these. No one else has them. So if you don't think you're unique, just, I mean, literally, you have 10 pieces of proof right there in front of you that you are. And your toes, who even fucking knows if we have toe prints? I mean, Jesus Christ. Who knows? Uh, be good to yourselves. You know, and because uh, we deserve it, man. We deserve it. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'll see you next week. Stevie Starlight, come over. gentlemen i'm jonathan kite and welcome to kite club a podcast where i'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events stand-up stories and seven ways to pleasure your partner the answer may shock you sometimes i'll interview my friends sometimes i won't and as always i'll be joined by the voices in my head you have three new voice messages a lot of people are talking about kite club I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Jermaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.